What's up, sports fans? Welcome to another edition of the D.C. Sports Huddle. As always, it is sponsored by our friends at MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodford, uh, live, well, not live, we're recorded, but from uh, today, me, uh, Dave Preston at uh, home and uh, probably going to make a Gilligan's Island reference because there is now a Washington quarterback whose last name is Howell and George Wallace from the WTOP studios. And folks, we are going to start with the Washington commanders, of course, Uh, yet another quarterback change. It's the third different quarterback they're starting this season. It is the fifth straight season in which Washington will try out a third different guy. So this time it's the fifth round rookie, Sam Howell. Uh, I mean, let's be real here. The game doesn't matter. I mean, this is basically a de facto preseason game. Dallas has something to play for. Washington is playing for pride and figuring out who's going to be on the roster next year. Uh, So uh, we're going to do two things here today. We're going to, first of all, handicap uh, uh, what we can expect to see from Sam Howell. He's a rookie. Nobody's really seen any tape on him. And uh, I think the other thing is, and this is fair to ask, uh, I wrote my column on WTOP.com. Uh, about this earlier this week is uh, whether Ron Rivera is the guy long-term for uh, the Washington commanders. Uh, He's had a very steady hand. He's gotten them through some really tough stuff. The 2020 COVID year was, I mean, that's, he's to be commended for that, but everything that his track record says is that he's a guy that can set a culture. He's good at that, but in terms of getting you to consistent playoff uh, success and ultimately a championship, which should be the standard. He's fallen way short of that. Now, George, uh, you, you know, you've been going to the park all year and certainly we heard uh, Ron Rivera say that he thought that they were in a good spot after uh, three years at the helm. Are, are you agreeing with that or what are you thinking? I mean, to his point, like some of the stuff that he said is true. I mean, the defensive, younger defensive guys, you know, you've got some offensive playmakers, things like that. But to me, you went heavy on the third year being the year, and this is the year you That's take right. the, 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 the next step and the playoffs and all that. You did it. I mean, yep. you went heavy on it. You thought you had your quarterback. That didn't work out. So there's still a lot of question marks. For me, look, in a normal situation, everything's on the table now for Rivera to be fired after this year, after three years. I mean, he won the division with a losing record in the COVID year. He went to the playoffs. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it still counts as a playoff appearance, but the team won very good. Uh, and then the last two years have been what they are. And it just ends, you know, you were in a spot in the sixth spot just a m- few short weeks ago with everything in front of you, not your destiny, but everything in front of you. Uh, <laughs> and then to go and say, you didn't know you could be eliminated after the game. Yeah. You know, that's a big problem. I mean, as, as look, as a culture guy, like you said, he was the perfect person, I think, to lead this team through all of that. Yes. But GM Ron and head coach Ron, just not getting it done. I mean, that's his handpicked quarterback. It's his offensive line that he handpicked. So at some point, you have to start questioning that, and I think it's fair to do. But, you know, but with everything in flux right now with the ownership situation, he gets a pass. They're going to be back next year. He's going to be back next year. Right, and we discussed this We discussed this a little bit last week. We think, and I'm pretty sure we're all three of us are in agreement on this. I, I think we all believe that he will be back as the head coach for a fourth year in 2023. Yeah. But I think the question is, should he be absent whatever the situation is in the owner's box? I would say that, I mean, there's two things that to me are 
fireable offenses for him. Number one, the offensive line. You were handed an offensive line that had two all pros on it. And that offensive line is a shambles right now. And injury has a lot to do with it. I grant you, but you can't go from two all pros to none, especially when you're playing the style of offense that he's chosen to play where they're doing that sort of throwback air Coriel sort of deal for, for all intents and purposes. And the other thing is, you have swung and missed now three times on the quarterback position. Yeah. All handpicked guys that you picked out. And you guys keep laughing at me for the Cam Newton thing. It would be one thing if he swung and missed on Cam Newton and that mm-hmm. was a guy that he had and, and all of that. But he's basically gone in every other direction uh, to try and address that position. And they've all been abject failures. So uh, Dave Preston, uh, right. should, should we see more Ron Rivera? Do you think uh, he, he gets another bite at the apple to pick another quarterback? Well, I, I think we're going to, regardless of right. whether we like right. it or not, for George's point. This is right. much like Norv Turner and after the 1998 disaster because of the sale of the team, too, as fate would have it, the current owner, you couldn't really pull the trigger at that point in time. And so I think that he does get a fourth year. I'm in favor of giving a coach a fourth year, unless the guy's an absolute disaster like uh, Adam Gaze, you know, for instance, or Rich Kotite, you know, those, those, those are guys who you pull the ripcord year two, year three, maybe even year one, Joe judge, you get rid of him mm-hmm. uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I Denver think this, did it. Denver did it this year. Yeah. They realized. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I oh, think he was terrible. But that's a, but oh. has a new owner situation too. Right. Right. Yeah. And what a bad hire that was. It's amazing how many bad hires we have on a regular basis in the NFL to the point where I think the, the Ron Rivera hire was maybe a C on some days. It feels like a C minus some days. It feels like a C plus, but that's so much better than some of the other, you know, clowns that we've seen get head oh, coaching yeah. jobs because they have stubble and have, uh, you know, you know, given, you know, played, played the slaps game with Sean McVay. Right. They hung out with Sean McVay that one time. I I wouldn't be surprised to see some change on the coaching staff. Uh, whether it's uh, you know, uh, uh, you know tweaking some position coaches, maybe you bring in a an offensive coordinator who's not a legacy hire. Um, you know, no no offense to Scott are, Turner. Are there any in the NFL? <laughs> there's got to be at least one or two. I mean, come on, yeah. there, there's got to be somebody that because uh, something that was written earlier this week that I forget who it was commented that I think it may have even been Ryan Fitzpatrick or, or, or a, a, a former uh, Washington quarterback who said, this is not the most quarterback friendly system. Yeah. And in a world where the quarterback is the most important, this is not 1975 where you can let the steel curtain defense and hand the ball off to Franco and occasionally spice in a couple deep shots or even the mid eighties where you've got Rigo and okay. As long as you have a quarterback who doesn't lose you games, as Joe Theismann once famously said, you know, you're going to be in good shape. The quarterback has to win some games this year. And I thought that was going to be the setup with Carson Wentz trying to uh, outpace a bad defense. Instead, it's been the opposite where the defense has tried to limit the damage of quarterbacks who haven't been able to win the games. And uh, I, I think they go, what I like about Sam Howlett quarterback this week is kind of what I liked about Carson Wentz at quarterback that last week, not that he was necessarily the guy who was going to get it done, but Carson Wentz did not have a good game that allows you to officially shut the book and close the door on Carson Wentz and move on. If he hadn't played, there'd be someone in that building. I guarantee you would say, well, we never really saw him at full strength and this, that, the other thing. And said, now, you know, 
I think Sam Howell, that you need more evidence as to, is this the potential guy or is it a definite no? And I'm not saying that if he has a bad game, it's going to be a definite no, yeah, but it puts more that. tape out there and it lets you figure out, okay, where do we stand in this quarterback room? Because Wentz is not going to be here next year. Taylor Heineke might leave via free agency after, you know, losing the the, the quarterback job. Uh, you know, who knows what his future is. He'd be a good guy to have in this room and work as a de facto, you know, quarterbacks coach, uh, assistant quarterbacks coach to, uh, you know, working with the, uh, whoever the new QB one is next year, if they do stay with Hal. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what you get from Hal this weekend, especially against, a determined Dallas team that can still get the number one seed can still win the NFC East and has the third most sacks in the NFL entering the final week of the season. I I see Patrick Ramsey in my head (laughs) and remember how they put him in. And you don't want again, the the difference is Sam Howell can get out of the way. Patrick Ramsey was a statue. Uh, I want to unpack something you said about the uh, assistant coaches, because this is also in You know, and again, I don't have anything personal against Ron Rivera. I think he's a great guy. And I thought he did a good job for what it was that he was tasked to do over the three years that he's been here. But he has a track record of sticking with some assistance that he should not. Right. And, you know, I'm sure Turner does some good things. If Scott Turner is my quarterback's coach, I'm happy with that. If he's my offensive coordinator, I'm not super stoked about that. And to your point about the, uh, and I think it was Logan Paulson, uh, the former uh, Washington Titan, right. that the offense is not quarterback friendly. If that's the case, this this is 2023 now. Quarterbacks, that's what wins you Super Bowls. That's what wins right. games in the NFL. Yeah. So if you don't have a quarterback friendly system, then you need to go get a quarterback friendly system. And I fear with Ron Rivera, He's going to be more prone to be loyal to guys that he that were with him in Carolina than he will make the tough choice to bring in a guy who you don't necessarily have a previous tie to, but right. you can, but you've identified as a guy who can modernize your offense and get the most out of the talent that you have available. And, and I'm going to give you one name of a guy who is vastly underrated in the NFL. And that's Pep Hamilton, the former head coach mm. at uh, Howard, uh, right. lead coach the XFL team here briefly as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's a guy who has local ties. That's a guy who has a track record of building up quarterbacks. He had a hand in, uh, in, in developing Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. He had a hand in developing uh, the kid who's in LA now. I don't know why I'd never remember the kid's name. Uh, with Stafford? the Chargers, uh, yes. Uh, so he's had a hand in developing some really good young talent over the course of the last decade. So, you know, when you look at what Washington needs right now, mm. they need to get a quarterback. They need to be, be it through the draft, or I still have to go over the free agent market. I mean, Derek Carr is going to be the sexiest name, but I'm trying to save that topic for a future episode of this podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I would love to see him make that move on the staff, get an offensive mind who can modernize your offense and stop running stuff that looks like Joe Gibbs is still here. Here's what I don't want though. If I'm this, t- I don't want the staff developing a new quarterback. Well, there's that. And that's the thing. And, that, and, and that's been in sort of the treadmill that Washington has been on over and over again is right at the point where a guy is about to get fired. He's in the second, third, fourth year of his tenure. And then they draft a quarterback. And then another guy comes in and says, well, I don't want this guy. And then lather, rinse, repeat. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I would love to see them get a veteran guy who's, 
even if he doesn't end up being the guy, he's a guy that you can you can go with and be competitive with. And again, this has been the problem with Ron Rivera is that you weren't going to get any of the home run guys. You weren't going to get Russell Wilson this past offseason. Right. Sidebar, good thing you didn't. Thankfully. <laughs> um, Disaster averted. Uh, yeah, right. You weren't going to get Stafford the year before, but you need to get a guy who can uh, maybe like a Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who is competent at that position and can get you through the season without it being an unmitigated disaster, a guy who's at least available. And, you know, and I, I, I'm not saying that they should have kept Kirk Cousins, but he was pretty good and he didn't get hurt. So, How many starts did Kirk Cousins miss in his three years here as the QB one? Uh, due to injury, zero. Yeah, I think he I think he's missed one game as a stirrer, and that was because of COVID while he was with the Vikings. Um, And Teddy Bridgewater is not a great example of a guy who's going to stay healthy, but you get the point. I mean, you you needed to get a veteran guy who could at least stay upright and stay uh, keep the offense on time. And they weren't able to do that. Look, Del Rio coached Derek Carr. Del Rio coached him if he's available. Yeah. As a matter of fact, let's just touch on it because I was going to try to save that for a future episode. But yes. Sam Newton's but, available. Yeah, Derek Carr was an MVP, like on the short list for MVP. I think it was the 2016 season where mm-hmm. the Raiders were surprisingly good. Del Rio was the head coach. That's a guy who's going to be available. And here's the thing. I, I don't think you're going to have to trade for him because of the way his contract is set up. He's got to be off that roster within, I believe, two or three days after the Super Bowl. So in order to trade him, you have to have an agreement in principle, which is kind of like what they did with Alex Smith, but there's nothing yeah. stop, there's nothing protecting you from the other team pulling out. So the likelihood is that the Raiders are just going to have to cut him. And if the Raiders cut him, then all Washington has to do is have enough money to do it. And if right. you're not bringing Carson Wentz back, then you will have the money to do that. And, um, yeah. and look, Washington is a sneaky good destination for a veteran quarterback. You look at all the talent that they have at wide receiver. They were too deep at running back, at least. The offensive line could be better, but it, I don't think it's as bad as as many sacks as we oh, yeah, They have the weapon. State. You're, you're so, right. I mean, weapons. so for a veteran quarterback, a guy like a Derek Carr, and dare I say, Tom Brady, he's going to be looking for another team in the offseason. So I think this is going to be a, 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 an interesting destination, especially if you have a veteran coach with a track record like Ron Rivera, who's still in place. I hate to look at the last couple of years, but if there's anything we know about this front office for the last maybe 20 years is that they are, even when they don't have to pay above market value for mediocrity or even quality players, they will find a way to do so, whether it's TJ Duckett, whether it's Alex Smith, whether it's Carson Wentz, whether it's Robert Hainsworth, they will find the market and they will find a way to pay above market value when they have no need to, if they just wait a couple of days. Uh, it's uh, Carson Wentz is the example. Yeah. You didn't even have to bring up TJ Duckett. There's no. a recent example of that. Well, right. Alex Smith too. Yeah. yeah. A exactly. lot of players. Yeah. You gave, you gave up a premium player and a third round pick for a guy that was probably because of the same reasons Derek Carr is going to get cut by the Raiders. He, they were probably going to cut him. So, yeah. but here's the thing. Ron Rivera doesn't seem to be the guy who's going to make that decision. I mean, when I'm talking about, I'm thinking of the Alex Smith, deal obviously he overpaid for Carson Wentz but I feel like that was a desperation move and a lot of the guys who came available after that it wasn't obvious that those guys were going to come available after that no it was definitely we've talked we talked about that at length that he he panicked at that time he panicked 
Yeah. And he can get up there and say he was the effing guy who did this and this, 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 this. He panicked. That's not a good thing. Don't admit no. to that. Right. I think <laughs> I, that on Snyder. Snyder's heading out. Unless you want to go you, with him. I think you try to bring in a veteran, maybe not. Uh, you know, if you're able to get Derek Carr on the open market, free agency, you bring him in. Is he going to want to go from an absolute hot mess that is Las Vegas and that ownership group to a cloudy ownership group here? Who knows? But they, they do need a competent quarterback. They do need not just an efficient quarterback, but an effective one where there's quality uh, as opposed to just quantity of, you know, of, of plays made by these guys. And do we have confidence that a young offensive coordinator like Scott Turner is, is the guy who can be the right person for this? Who knows? I don't think so, but we're in agreement. They need to wipe clean the quarterback room. Howell should yeah. be the only guy back in yeah. 23. I think we're yep. all in agreement on that. So there's no yep. run it back. There's no, and here's the thing with how, like, and, you're, and with how, like you say, you're not going to not make or break this weekend. I mean, I can't stand Ron Rivera's reasoning for he. Look, he had to be talked out of it. He wanted to go. Exactly. He had to be talked, but for him to say, well, it'd be a circus. It's his first start. You can see what the game's doing and then he can come in and do it. No, like he's a professional quarterback. At right. some point, you're going to have to see him. Right. Start the game. Just because he's a rookie doesn't mean he's not professional. If he wasn't no, and, professional, then you shouldn't have drafted him. And you're Give Howell like, his three-hour tour. He was a three-hour tour. I knew how, long, how, long, how long? How long? I knew. But listen, I knew it was coming. Listen, it took with Howell. I mean, oh, he was projected last year to be you know, right. what, uh, what he was going to be out of college. First-round yeah. pick. I saw him play at the military bowl. He torched yeah. Temple. Now, granted, it was Temple, but Temple. when he had weapons at North Carolina and we had when he had pass protection, he shined until his senior year, where you know there were some issues here and there as far as guys who was throwing the football to. You look at who he will get to throw the football to once everybody's healthy next fall. This is an offense that a good quarterback can really take advantage of. And Agreed. if Washington gets a good quarterback or has one that they can develop, then that'll be a good thing. Boy, wouldn't it theory. be something if Sam Howell ends up being the guy, huh? It'd be mean, great. But we don't know. Things what, have yeah. happened. But He's here not gonna we, know. we say this on right. We say this on Thursday. He might throw four picks before halftime on Sunday. None of us are picking uh Washington to beat Dallas. Am I correct in that? No. But okay. look, even if he throws four picks, fine. It's one like you're not gonna make or break his career after this game against Dallas. No, right, right, right. You look at the injury list, Gibson's now gone, Robinson hasn't practiced all week. Jonathan Allen's out. St. Juice is out. Curl's out. Cornelius Lucas has, is not practicing. So he's not going to have much out there anyway. And also it's worth pointing out that with uh, the late Dwayne Haskins, uh, at the end of his rookie season, he put together a couple of really good games. And then we all know how yeah. things went mm -hmm. the following season. So really right. with a small sample size like that, you can't really extrapolate that into what his career is going to end up looking like. By the way, right. so we're not going to do... be. It could be a blowout Sunday. By the way. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with, with so because none of us believe in this, and it, we're we're not going to even uh, bother with game picks here. Uh, but George had a very interesting observation at the game against the Browns. Yeah. So next to the press conference room downstairs at FedEx Field is a huge like it's a dance studio where they park all the VIP cars, all the black cars that come in, the owner's cars, coach's cars, this and that. After the game, I came down after the game, literally 10 minutes out. The only car in there was Ron Rivera's car. No other cars, no VIPs, no owner's cars, no nothing. Who knows how long Joe Gibbs stayed because he had a car. He didn't come in there on his own. Yeah. And the Snyder's car, not even there. Maybe they were there early, but they don't even a trace of a car after that game the other day. George, was there a car that uh, had writing on it, Mike is a cheater, with Mike, uh, windshields Mike, Mike. bashed in? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Shan- Shanahan. But, I mean, yeah. but I mean, that would, here's what came to mind when you told me this, the scene at the end of the year, when uh, Bruce Allen uh, went one way, <laughs> Snyder went the I other way. That, like that, that was the, that was the vision I had in my head when you told me that. So that yep. feels a lot like, you know, maybe Snyder's got something lined up, Yep. but you know, we could hear something as early as March right now it's January. So uh, something hopefully uh, uh, imminent. Uh, so uh, huddle uh, at the line of scrimmage. I always, I never know audible. all this thing. Audible, audible at the, line, at the line. It doesn't feel like an audible because it's it's planned. So an audible is something that's not planned. So Maybe like it's not to, planned. Maybe it's. I feel like we need to knows? get a better name for it. But uh, Dave Preston was at the uh, Georgetown game. Uh, apparently, he was trying to troll for some hazard pay. It's rough, guys. Uh, Twenty-five straight losses. That sets a Big East conference record. Uh, lowly DePaul, and I actually referred to DePaul as Lowly DePaul in my uh, basketball uh, Beltway beat columns over the last ten years because DePaul has been low, lowly as opposed to Rutgers that I just referred to as woeful Rutgers. You know, but until they got better. When you're losing games to DePaul and Butler, when they're both winless inside the Big East, when you're unable to, you know, put together, you know, a unit that win has won a game since March of 2021, you hate to see something like this happen to somebody who has led this school and this program to the highest of highs. Uh, you know, Patrick Ewing is a Hall of Famer multiple times for his work with the Knicks, for his work uh, for, on the Dream Team for uh, playing at Georgetown. You know, he's, he has been nothing but a class act to myself as a member of the media dealing with him. Um, It's a shame that this is not going to work. And I think right now they're trying to figure out, uh, and I hate to use the term peace with honor, but they're looking, I, I think they're, I think at this point, perhaps there's an exit strategy at the end of the year, maybe he and the university part ways. But if there's one thing I've learned about covering Georgetown over the last 15 years or so it's that outsiders cannot tell georgetown the school the athletic department the basketball program how to run their business um they've always marched to their own drummer to their credit they've done their own thing over the years and so you can't just say hey maybe you guys should do x because if if enough people say that georgetown is the type of school that will say you know what we're going to do y just because you told us to do x and it's a shame that I mean, they did win the the Big East tournament uh, a couple of years ago, but it's a shame that they've been that that program, which, when you think about it, is a signature program of the Big East Conference, and you know was a signature program in on the national scene, from really from when Patrick Ewing arrived until you know the end of the JT three era when things got to be uh, when things got to be bad at the end of his tenure. They they were a relevant program even when they weren't great. And they haven't been great. They haven't even really been good since maybe 2013 when they lost to Florida Gulf Coast. Who would have thought that would have been one of the trip lines? Who would have thought that Steph Curry and Davidson back in 2008 would have been maybe the first crack in the uh, wall for uh, a, a very proud program? And uh, right now we're just witnessing uh, you know, the wreckage of a season that has already uh, turned on itself uh, with a couple of injuries here and there. They do have some winnable games between now and the end of the month, Rob. Uh, they play St. John's, who has been a basket case since Big East play began. They had a, a nice non-conference schedule against absolutely nobody, and they haven't been good since the league play began. They get, uh, I believe they get uh, DePaul 
and maybe Butler again. All three of those teams are one and four in Biggie's play. You got to win one of those games because even the people who don't like Georgetown, who maybe root for other schools, they don't want to see a 30-game losing streak inside the Big East. Nobody wants to see things get this bad for a program that's been so good over the years. And like you said, I mean, that's, it's a program that's synonymous with the Big East. So, you know, you, you, uh, you certainly don't want to see them uh, fall on the hard times that they have to the extent that they have. But I think I've said it here before, they've got to divorce themselves. And I, I understand the impact. I mean, I love John Thompson Jr., but they've got to divorce themselves of that because and, and right. you, you have to move on into the future and uh, stop getting guys who just have ties to uh, the glory years. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that we've seen, uh, you know, throughout uh, sports, not just uh, unique to Georgetown. Do we want to make a pick on uh, the national championship game on uh, college football? I Why mean, not? Do, do we do we have any question that Georgia is going to win it again? Georgia's the better team. They should <laughs> win it. I'd love to see TCU keep it close. Yeah. Uh, what a job Sonny Dykes has done there. First year yeah. head coach. I mean, gosh, what what a you know what a turnaround. You know, and I'm looking forward to. I don't know how it's going to fit out in the calendar, but I'm looking forward to a 12 team playoff where yes, you're going to have some blowouts and maybe the first round or the quarterfinals or the semis, but it, make this more of a national championship and. You know, you did have two teams from north of the Mason-Dixon line playing in the tournament as opposed to just teams in the southeast. So it's, you know, it, it'll be nice to have uh, it's there's a difference between a democracy and a, and a, and a uh, and, and a republic. So I look forward to a tournament that's more representative of the nation as opposed to the Pac-12 getting shut out every year um, because they don't have you know as, as high ratings and stuff like that. Um, again, I think Georgia wins. Yeah. I'm, I love the college football regular season, as you know, Rob. I hate the college football postseason with Agreed. all the bowls and stuff like that. And uh, we're still in that. We're like in a cocoon stage where it's not to where it needs to be, yeah. but it's much better than 20 years ago where the number one and number two teams might not even meet in the right. championship game. And 20 years before, you know, back in the day, they didn't need, you know, you, you played your regular season. If you lost your bowl and you were number one, you still won the national championship. Yeah. So, it's despite the fact that college football moves at a very, very, very glacial pace. I'm happy to see a 12 team tournament on the horizon. I'd, I'd be fine with an eight. 12 is going to be fine. And, uh, you know, people are going to make money. Exactly. And that's at the heart of all sports, right? Yeah. And now we're going to make our money because the DC sports huddle is sponsored by MGM national Harbor for the latest in Washington sports visit MGM national Harbor and experience a sports fans paradise. I am Rob Woodfork signing off for George Wallace, who came just in time to wave goodbye to you guys. And Dave Preston, we are breaking the huddle. George came back to not break the huddle.